Hello everyone and welcome to a new week and a new Scattered Stones weekly reflection for the last few days of April and the first week of May in 2020. Uh, well, it is really autumn now, isn't it? Um, it's not only marked by the changing of the month, a new month, but also I've been noticing and loving all the yellows and oranges and auburn hues around me as I walk the streets and tracks around my own home. It's so beautiful. There's so many beautiful colours out there at the moment. Um, I've really been drawn into what is, I guess you could call it a practice, um, some might call it a discipline, of noticing. There have been a lot of themes cropping up in people's Kairos moments and reflections in those little videos across TC in our WhatsApp groups, but also in some of the wider reading and listening that I've been doing. Uh, the discipline of notice or noticing is essentially about being in the moment, being present and awake to what is happening around us and inside of us, what God is doing in and through those things. In one of my devotions in this last week, um, it was also one of the themes that came up and the author, Scazzero, wrote, and I quote, We live in a God-soaked world, but so often our spiritual eyes are clouded by fears and stresses, and so we miss him. As I was wondering how I might talk about the discipline of noticing, something landed unexpectedly in my lap, as God often arranges it. Uh, it really caught my attention. It was actually the parable that I was reflecting on along with my hope group in this last week. And, and the reading we were looking at was Luke 14, verse 14 to 24. It was the parable of the great banquet. Let me read it to you. Jesus tells this story. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, just bought a field. I've got to go and see it. Please excuse me. And another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly to the streets and alleys of the town and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out onto the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So uh, you're probably wondering how on earth you get from a parable about a banquet to the discipline of noticing. It certainly didn't stand out to me to start with, but, but bear with me. Just by way of context, this parable sits alongside a bunch of others uh, where Jesus is telling his listeners about the nature of the kingdom of God. So keep in mind that the key message in this parable is about what the kingdom of God is like. So apart from the fact that this was a truly daggy youth club song when I was growing up, um, and I'm going to embarrass myself now, but who remembers this? I cannot come to the banquet, don't trouble me now, I have married a wife. I have bought me a cow, and so on. So bad. Anyway, um, I've often read this particular parable with a little bit of bewilderment. There are a few odd things, I think, going on that perhaps maybe they're cultural and I don't get them, as in cultural for the time that it was written, and there are things that I don't really understand about that context. That's quite likely. But things like, you know, for example, why would a host invite people to a dinner but not tell them the exact time and then spring it on them on the day? Like, okay, you can come now. It's just... 
a little bit weird, I think. Uh, and, you know, what is Jesus really saying about, about who is invited into the kingdom and who am I in this story? As I read this parable again this week, there were a few things that stood out to me in this story for the first time. And I guess you might call that a Kairos moment. So first of all, it occurred to me that invitations are actually two-way. So let's take um, Chris and Alice's wedding last year, for example. They sent out the invites. They did a bunch of preparing the food and the venue and, and what they were wearing and all the amazing little details that make up what was such a beautiful day. For those of us who were invited, we also had to be prepared. We had to accept the invitation. We had to get ready. We needed to buy new clothes as well if we wanted to, organise babysitters, purchase a gift. We had to put the day aside. Uh, we had to anticipate the day. Um, and in this sense, invitations are two-way. They're kind of a call and a response. So this parable is about God's kingdom. You could say it's a metaphor, and this is sometimes the way I've thought about it in the past, um, a metaphor for, for being ready when Jesus calls you home, when, it's, you know, when you pass away or when Jesus returns, as some of the other stories in the Bible tell us will happen. But this is actually not what I saw in this parable this time. What I saw is that the invite is a call to come to a kingdom moment in the middle of any day of any moment. God's kingdom invitation is given to us. Are we prepared? And will we respond? That's what first stood out to me. The second thing that stood out is where I stand in this parable. It always felt a little bit curious to me that all these people don't want to come to the lavish banquet of the century. And why? Because, you know, they have a couple of new cows. I don't know, come on. <laughs> we don't need an excuse to sort of eat and drink and be merry. Anyone reading this can see the worth of the banquet, and I guess that's the point here, isn't it? That we, as we read it, we can see what Jesus is trying to explain is the, is the worth of this banquet, how good it is. The people in the parable don't come because they can't see that it's good. They can't see right in front of their noses what is a feast, what's lavish, what is beautiful. And I guess the question for me was, why can't they see it? And when I asked myself this question, I had to put myself in that place. This is me. I can't see the goodness of the kingdom of God, which is right in front of me, often because I'm busy focusing on everything else. I've got work to do, people to meet, food to buy, you know, children to care for, community to think about, friends and relationships to nurture. And I can't see those kingdom moments when they pop up right in front of me. It struck me that, you know, in our culture and by extension I, you know, what I often see is my strengths, my securities and possessions and social roles and relationships are often the very things that stop me from seeing and noticing God's continual invite to join him in the best feast that he has to offer. The third thing that stood out to me was about those who come to the feast. Those who come to the banquet in this parable are those who are hungry and thirsty and they know and they desire the need for what this feast has to offer. Those who recognise the goodness and beauty of the feast are the ones that respond because they know they don't have it and they long for it. So in light of these three things that stood out for me, my question for myself, and I hope that you'll join me in asking these questions too, are the following. First, am I one of those who are hungry and thirsty enough for what Jesus has to offer that I notice that I need what God offers me in all those daily kingdom invitations? Second, will I notice the worth and the value of the invitations that Jesus gives me when they come? Will I notice their beauty and goodness? Will I notice their lavishness over and above what I am already doing? 
And third, will I accept Jesus' invitation and join him at the feast? I'd like to just finish with a prayer for you all this week. Uh, as we find ways to notice where God's kingdom is breaking in all around us. This prayer is written by St. Patrick in 433 AD and it's also known as the Breastplate Prayer. Please pray with me. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right and Christ on my left. Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every person who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, and Christ in every ear that hears me. Amen. Thank you for listening, everyone. I really hope that this week is a good one for you, that you might notice those moments where the kingdom of God is an invitation to you to join him. And I pray that for me and all of you that we will continue to seek Christ all around us. Just an encouragement to keep posting things that are coming up for you, to ask for support or whatever you need if you need it. Much love to you all. Bye-bye.